Bulls to make it 28 to 3. Arthur Blank loving it. Up by 25. Tossed away. He's in. What a comeback. Welcome back, everybody. Um, another disappointing weekend for the Saints. Um, maybe the most disappointing. Uh, yep. The three of us are been struggling with it. You know, going back and forth with each other. A lot of shouting. A lot of disagreeing. <laughs> uh, I think the one consensus is it's pretty bad across the board. Yeah. Uh, Corey, what you what you think? Uh, number one, you know, biggest issue from yesterday that you saw. I mean, God, that's probably the hardest question to answer in all of like Saints Nation right now. It's the one biggest problem. Um, it's pretty glaring. I don't know. Yeah. So on uh, this episode <laughs> of the Twenty Eight to Three podcast, we're gonna, you know, we said we we had hoped we wouldn't have another recap episode as bad as the one from the Bucks, but it's like the later in the year these performances come, the worse they are, and especially when they come after you think you've made progress and you have objective reasons to think that that progress, at, at least we're talking on offense, obviously, uh, that that progress is something that'll stick around. Um, <clears throat> the biggest issue, you know, for me overall, it's going to sound like a cop-out, but it's still, for me, it's Pete Carmichael. Um, you know, there's a lot of people out there, and rightfully so, saying, you know, DA is not the head coach. You can't look at Pete. You got it starts from the top. We got to get rid of DA before we're going to do anything with this team. But here's the thing there's two things that can't coexist, and that's being one game within the division lead and Dennis Allen being fired. Those two things can't coexist. Half a game. Half or, a game. Well, I know we're half a game now, yeah. but I think even if we're within a game, you're not going to see, I mean, just get that out of your head right now you're not going to see da get fired also, if we're half a game within the division what and we so, brought up regarding that is defensively which is what yeah, he does right is a dot we're top five team and that's why for me i say like yes in the offseason i think based on what we've seen so far i just i don't see the miracle happening of this team turning around enough to be a playoff contender. I just do we squeak in in the division? Sure, maybe it's still possible, but I don't see this team being able to make noise in the playoff. It would be a complete miraculous turnaround. So that said, I don't think there's any scenario where you don't fire DA in the offseason. Now that said, that's the offseason. So what I look to now is I just want to fucking enjoy my Saints games and the person who's keeping me from that is Pete Carmichael. You know, yeah, there's execution issues, but but it all starts with we've had more than enough of a sample size uh, to see just the rank incompetence, uh, no matter the quality level of the personnel that Carmichael brings to the table. I'm going to disagree slightly. Um, there's there's no way to hide Carmichael right now. You know, no. I was the only person who said he deserved a chance with a real roster. This is his chance. And I said, if he doesn't do it this year, he has to be gone. The most glaring issue to me isn't even him. It's whatever's happening with the offensive line is a catastrophe. It hasn't gotten better in six games. We've seen small glimpses where Carr wasn't getting put on his ass every drop back. He's he's starting to get rid of the ball so fast, sometimes it makes no sense. Uh, 
I think that's our biggest issue. So the question I would pose the offensive I agree line. the offensive line. But I agree with you. If it looks like this, Carmichael's for sure gone. Or whatever, you know, someone else is gonna be calling plays, gonna be offensive coordinator, everything. Most likely he's gone. Um uh, if we make the playoffs, I don't think DA is gone. Um if we lose first that, round. Well then. that's right or wrong. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm just saying if nope. he goes to the playoffs, yeah. I don't think he's knowing gone. Gale and Mickey Correct. you don't see it. Yeah. Exactly. Um, now, if they were to go out and get a young, innovative OC and put him with DA, I don't mind watching this defense for another year. Um, but it has to be someone given full autonomy of the offense and, you know, almost zero interjection from DA. Yeah. The other thing, at what point do you shake it up if you're not going to get rid of Carmichael, which we all kind of went back and forth last week? Do you fire Doug Marone right now just to shake it up yes. and see if you get yeah. anything? You do that yesterday. Yeah, I, I think to Corey's point, nothing is happening with DA till the end of the season. So anyone who's tooting that horn needs to just stop. Um, I do think that if there was another poor offensive performance where everything looks disjointed like it has the last couple of weeks, if we see that again on Thursday against the Jaguars, I think this extended period of time is not quite a bye week. It's almost like a mini bye week before the next game. Mm -hmm. I would not be shocked at that point if something happens with Carmichael. I don't think he'll get fired midseason, but I wouldn't be shocked if that's where they say, you know what, we're going to give play calling duties to Ronald Curry as an example. You know, maybe it's somebody else, but I would not be shocked if there was another bad performance on offense that that happens. And, you know, that's... That's honestly the most we'll probably see at this point. You know, you both touched on it. This is an organization that is proven itself to be loyal to its its coaches and its players. You know, there's not going to be any kind of knee-jerk reaction. DA sure as hell not going to throw Carmichael under the bus, you know. I mean, he's got the lasting memory of getting fired his last season in Oakland after four games. You know, he made yeah. a comment after our fourth game when the pressure was really coming on Carmichael and him after that first bad performance and he he shut that down right away yeah it's like if you've been through a bad experience in your life and then you find yourself in the position to wield that same power to provide that bad experience to somebody else you empathize and you're not going to do it it's just human nature yeah and I think there, there is there is something to the Doug Marone you know issues because this offensive line we've touched on it numerous times it's full of first and second round picks there's really no reason for these guys to not be performing. All of them at some point in the last year or two have performed very well at their respective positions with the exception of Penning. Now, Penning, we've gone over it multiple times. He's basically a rookie at this point. He's basically played in, what, seven games as of now. And yeah, he's not a good starter right now. Was he getting better? Yes. We all talked about, I think we all agreed that it was a bad move to, to bench him last week. I did until I saw this week. It looked it <laughs> well, looked but, so yeah, but, but He didn't in, get practice reps. Yeah, in his defense, so. he got no practice reps with the first team because they, they knew it. Like, it was already coming. So, he you know, he got no reps. You got to give him a little bit of the benefit of the doubt. But you would agree. We were so excited, you and I especially. I don't think Corey and I, or maybe y'all talked separately about when we drafted Penning. We loved that. We loved him. No, I like the pick too. And his aggressiveness, right? He was getting pushed back with one arm by a defensive end, like 
up in the air, like thrown around. Yeah. That's what disturbed me. He was yeah. he was trying to stay. He was upright the whole time. He was getting too tall. He wasn't staying in his stance. He wasn't dropping back in. It was all just horrible technique. It looked so bad this week. And I think the problem, one of the problems anyway, is that he's a guy, and I think we kind of mentioned it, he was at a college where he was playing against nobodies. Right. He was bigger and stronger than anyone on any field he ever went up against in college. And so when you're in that position, you don't need to play with proper technique. You can just get away with mulling people because you're just simply bigger and stronger. And now he's, he's with a, this year anyway, he's with a coach and Doug Marone, who's like, you know, been around the NFL uh, since it was started and doesn't have time to teach players technique. I mean, I don't, I don't know that for a fact because I've never been in the facility, but you hear it from, you know, former players and, and when they're interviewed and stuff like that, it's like when you get, you know, T-Bob, Bear, and Hester, they talk about it on their uh, radio show, which I listen to a lot. It's a great show, but like, they, Hester says, he's like, dude, when I was with the Chargers, we're not sitting there going over blocking technique. He's like, we're installing playbooks. We're game planning. Like, there's so many other details you have to worry about that they don't have, the coaches don't have time to sit there and tell you how to actually block. It's not what happens in the NFL. Real so quick, Penning can't do it. No coach from high school to this level is teaching the type of technique he's showing out there. Well, that, no, that's, but that's <laughs> what I mean. No, that's what I mean. He he seems like a guy who's always been able to get away with just saying, "Yeah, coach, I hear Being you about the right. technique, but I'm just going to murder this person anyway because I can." And it doesn't work in the NFL. I think what really is hurting Penning's development is the fact that Zach Streif is no longer here. Yep. Because when he was there last year, that was he wasn't the offensive line coach. He was an offensive line assistant yeah. coach. I, it, to the best of my knowledge, I don't believe we actually replaced that position. I think it just went away. Well, it shows. So, you know, Streif being someone who was a uh, seventh-round pick and took, you know, three, four, five years to develop into a reliable starter, which he eventually did, was the perfect person to have nurturing Penning on his way to being a viable starter. So I think, you know, that was a little bit of uh, extra coaching that he was getting that he is not getting this year. Yeah, which so. is inexcusable because there's no limit. I don't think there's a limit anyway. I'm, I'm not. You also don't that, get that luxury being a first-round pick. You're a first-round pick. You're mm-hmm. supposed to be more ready than Zach Streif as a seventh-round pick. You're supposed Agreed. to be. You're Agreed, supposed to but. be, but you, know, you invest so much in this guy. What you have to be in any scenario, in any business, you have to be prepared for all contingencies. And so the Saints as a business invested – a heavy amount of capital in penning and they had to be prepared for the contingency that this guy might need some technique help they knew he was raw yeah you know so Everybody like did. Yeah. it's inexcusable if, yeah it's not if, a surprise if the strafe no. thing is what would have helped him or what w- would help him it's inexcusable not to have someone in that position because again i don't think marone has time to be sitting there saying here son lower your hips a little bit Get it a better anchor. That's not what Doug Marone does. Sean Payne might be looking for an OC job pretty soon. So, <laughs> good guy. <laughs> him, him under DA, no way. Yeah, well, I look at it this way. He was a first round pick. We knew he was raw. The Saints obviously knew he was raw. Was going to need refinement. Was going to need reps. Was going to need everything. Absolutely. But the thing is, no, they knew that. So, to Corey's point, they need to do everything in their power to help their investment, their first round investment. You know what I mean? Like, I'm going to use your new car as an example. Like, are you going to treat it like you treated the FJ? 
you know, this 15-year-old monster that's just been charging right along. No, the, you're going to put, you're yeah. going to get regular oil changes. You're going to keep, you're, you're going to get it car washed. You're going to do all of that. It's like these guys, they're not taking yeah. care of their investment. Let the record Maybe. reflect. He's but, talking about Nick's car. I still probably drive a uh, 2013 Volkswagen Passat. It's a Thank nice you, everybody. <laughs> um, I I agree to, to a certain extent. I think one thing getting him some sort of help i also wonder why we haven't seen us go out and take a flyer on someone someone like leo collins or someone who's out there that's a veteran that can do that teaching that you're talking about that maybe can still play a little i i don't know i know there's not a lot of options out there but there's a couple of guys who started in the league that are still floating around out there we're hurt across the line. Yeah. We're not bringing anyone yeah. in. We're hoping, you know. It's not good. No, well, they're, they're bringing good. people in, but it, it's it's but fringe no, guys like yeah. Cam Irving and stuff like that. No, like these no guys aren't going to come in and, and miraculously change anything. Yeah. No one, it's sad when you're bringing people in, but no one you're bringing in, because they're not, I get it, they're not out there, but no one you're bringing in is like, you could say is even better than Max Garcia. Well, yeah. the Giants <laughs> brought in Pew this week, right? He stepped in there and played his ass off last night. He's Did probably you see that? Well, coaching, baby. Coaching. I was about to say, he's well, probably got a he, great coach. He yeah. hadn't been coached. He just showed up this week well, I mean, and started at left tackle. Left tackle, right tackle. What did he start last night? I don't, I don't know. know. I he was watch. on it. They called him. I was like, will you come play? Also, we need you to play tackle, even though you haven't played tackle in seven years. He steps in there. He's, it's because well, he's a pro. And, and he's been in the, he was in the league for a decade, and, and he can come in and play the position. Well, then We need one, something like that to help Penning along. We need a mentor for Penning. Maybe Ramchek is not doing it. I don't know. He needs someone... Like you said, like a Streif, but maybe that's still playing, that can bring him along. Just just a pro's pro. So here's the thing. So you're using the, the term pro's pro. And then uh, let's talk about, or we can actually segue over to Kamara and DeMario Davis's post-game speech where they were both talking about, you know, who can we depend on in the locker room? Raise your hand. You know, I need to know that you're doing everything that you're supposed to be doing behind the scenes. Yep. They're obviously alluding to someone or a few people. I think it's a group. What do you know? Maybe Penning's one of those guys. And look, this is this is purely speculation on my part. Yeah. And I'm just throwing it out there. Well, Obviously, we don't. I want to make a point though. I don't think they're calling out coaches there. Like we, no, they're not. Do. They're not calling out they're coaches. Calling out they're calling out teammates. players. And, and this is what teammates. losing does to us fans. It makes us think about all this shit. And I'm not saying we're wrong for thinking it, but it make it, it leaves us to speculation. So you right, would, right, you know. and it's it within our rights, and yeah. especially having you know a podcast at this point that you know let's let's bring it up. It might be completely baseless and wrong. It's like last week, you know, Underhill I guess was the first one to talk about it. Uh, the whole possibility of Penning getting benched, and what right. did we say over right. and over no. again? We said he usually drops breadcrumbs yeah. because someone in the Saints organization, someone leaked that to him, is leaking it directly to Underhill to get it out there. And just go ahead and uh, run with it. So, so it's not yeah. shocking, right? It's well, not shocking at all. Like that's know, why it happened. Like we thought it would. I was reading. You know, I was I was a little shocked. Still, I just like I I was hoping that was some motivational thing or something because again, that's the worst game he's played in my. Well, opinion. Well, you see, that's and, how it should have gone. It should have been a motivational thing. You know, I, one of the but then in, the concussion. One of the more interesting the takes, and it was kind of like an angry, an angry take. Kind of an angry take I saw out there was from our friend Adam with Saints Block Party, and I didn't think of it from his perspective. I still don't know if I 100% agree, shouted Adam, but he's not, I don't think he's wrong when he was like, the organization knew what they were doing by leaking that information to make it look like 
specifically there was a reason specifically da yeah specifically i think i want to say adam and i could be wrong on this but i want to say he he directly said some of the organization found out through the article that this was going to happen so his theory was that it was da specifically leaking Mm. this Oh, like, oh, that's interesting. I didn't know about yeah. that twist. Yeah, it's and, whatever. And, and the, but, it's whatever right? But it is I a mean, bit. But if that's how you're going to, there's bench, something to it though. If, because if, it's, but I agree with him to this extent, like, which I hadn't thought about before this weekend. But like, if you're gonna bench somebody, that is a bitch way to do it. Like, mm-hmm. if you're the coach and you think this guy needs to sit, then just say, yeah, we thought he needed to sit. Now yeah. we all disagree with. But that. But what if dis- he didn't leak it? What if he wanted to have the conversation? Well, yeah, that's with where the we get back to speculation. We'll right. never exactly. We'll, we'll never truly know. But I, I just thought that was an, an interesting perspective that I hadn't thought about before. But but knowing what we do know, whenever Underhill gets one of these things that is completely out of left field, it usually comes to fruition. Yeah. So you know that leads me to go ahead and speculate yeah. that someone has an agenda that they're going ahead and playing out through him. Whatever is between like circumstantial evidence meaning you can exclude any other reasonable hypothesis or an educated guess that's kind of where we are yeah, <laughs> with exactly. this right um, I, mean, I think we just need to accept that that's what it is it's, yeah we're guessing we'll never know but it it, it, it but this it's is educated the, guessing but though. all yeah. of these things happening um that the, the the pending benching whether the info was leaked or not leaked the statements coming out of the locker room all this is concerning and makes you think, I hope they can figure it out soon because this is the type of shit that comes out when you have uh, a bad, not bad culture, but like when you're losing games and you're... Oh, you, know, you said it right. When you have bad culture, this is the kind of shit that's happening. And it smacks of to me, and I hate to say it and I hope I'm wrong, but it smacks to me of like the end of the Hasslet era when you heard all this weird <sighs> shit coming bad. out. I don't, it's maybe it's not bad. that bad because maybe the team's not that bad. We have more talent on this team. But, like, that was when you were hearing shit coming out about, like, Joe Horn sleeping with Willie Rose's wife. Yeah, that was, that's bad. Like, that's bad. <laughs> I'm not saying... Uh, That'll get you canceled nowadays, boys. Yeah, I don't think Mike Thomas is, like, pork and Ramchek's wife or anything. But, <laughs> you know, it's... it's uh, but it's just the negativity coming out. But I do... With what you said, Max, about, like, what DeMario said... And I thought something they're calling somebody out. What Carr said was interesting too. I love he, it. He but was, the, but he was taken on that where he was like, you know, whatever we're doing to prepare, you know, we have to be doing more. Demario said sacrifice, and then Carr had a line that I thought was really interesting, and he was like, you know, maybe you enjoyed last week too much. Yeah, and it makes me think of like, there's got to be a group. My my take, my speculation. So here I go. My speculation is that there's a group of young players who. You know, they got money in their pockets. Feeling they, themselves they're having a little feeling. bit. <laughs> and there's, look, and I'm not saying they're wrong for enjoying life, but if you're going to play hard, you got to work, you know, work hard, play hard. And I think, and when you're in a tight-knit organization like that, word goes around, whether or not you're Derek Carr texting with Olave or texting with Shahid, you kind of hear through the grapevine, like, oh yeah, Shahid. And I'm not of saying course. they did, but, oh, but Shahid whose and culture Olave is that? Let's be honest, crazy. Max and I have talked about this a lot. That's it's a Sean Payton culture. Right? The dancing, the fun. And we all love that. We love seeing that. But that's in the not club. what he's referring to. Though. But I, I but think Carr could. What was always my thing I used to tell you? I said, I just be. worry we we lose focus and we're not as detailed as we need to be yeah, exactly. when we're so focused on having a good time. And that was Carr's criticism. He was like, there's just little details. You know, If you're one step off on some of these routes, you're one, uh, you know, if timing. If you hit the out and up then, instead of the out. 
you know, See, then the that prob- affects it. The problem is you didn't have to worry about that in the Sean Payton era. That's true. But you do have to worry about it in the DA era. Because DA like, is not a disciplinarian like Sean Right. Was. There were comments floating around that, you know, players and, and coaches are, are, are finishing their days a hell of a lot earlier in the DA era than they are in the Sean Payton era. Yeah. You know, we remember the first training camp, the 2022 training camp, just there was just word floating around about how lax and relaxed the uh, the training camp was relative to the previous years with Sean Payton. So there's something to that. Yeah. Um, to me, this weekend, though, yesterday's game. The but biggest... everyone said the opposite this offseason, right? Yeah, well, but it, it's, 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 but it's like, but what base level was he ramping it up from, right? right? If it's like Sean Payton is at 11 and then DA's first year dropped down to like five, okay, well, DA's more on it this year than he was last year. So what? It's back up to an eight. Yeah, I, I, th- I think we're reaching is that a reason? But it, I don't you think know, we're reaching. It's, it's I just you know, there's it. just, it's there's a other cu- stuff. it's a culture issue. That's why like there is a culture issue. It sucks that the defense is balling. That's what he does. That culture's fine. Our offense is messed up. Well, we mm-hmm. all can agree on that. Uh, you and know, I, th- I keep going back to what Max Max and I kept using the same word with the offense, and I'm like, this might be a little bit of a soapbox thing, but it's like it's just the word disjointed. Yeah, you know, and and uh, it was. I'm I, gonna re- the, I want to rephrase that slightly for this week. Just real, like yeah. one small comment. It looked great until we got into scoring. I position. still don't think it looked great. Then, well, it looked okay. We, it looked a, okay. we were inside there 36 times. I, I felt like we it looked good, and then we bogged down every time, and it looked terrible. Put it this way: it instantly switched. There was one drive to me that was like our entire offense, offensive production or lack thereof, in a nutshell. Uh, from this week, and that was the first drive of the game. The very first play, I remember, I didn't even have to take notes because I remembered it. It was so good. We put a guy in motion, did a play action, and then threw the choice route that we love so much to AK, and he gained uh, 15 yards on the first play of the game. And it was like, holy shit, we did play action and motion the same play and run an angle route. Okay, let's go, let's go. The very next play, three-yard loss. And then going on from there, it was... Short right pass to Kendra, 13 yards. You're like, oh, okay, we're back. And then uh, four yards to Mufasa. We're like, okay, cool, cool. 13 to AK, that's great. Then right when right when you're feeling good, four-yard loss. And we end up stalling out from there. And that, to me, and, that's offensive line. And, well, it's... Four-yard losses instead of a one-yard gain. I, I, well, I agree with you that it's primarily the offensive line because you that's where it's going to start and finish. Yeah. Like we said this in the, in the preview episodes for the season. We're going to go as far as the offensive line takes us. Yes. Yeah. I mean, and they're and not the, taking us anywhere. The offensive line is the main culprit that keeps us from executing the whatever play but is called. But there's other stuff. But there's other stuff. And so, like, we kept going to disjointed. So, throughout the rest of the game, it's like we talked about earlier on the pod where it just, you saw these flashes of, like, like that first play call in the first drive was amazing. But then it's like they're just hitting buttons on Madden. Like we said, it's like, let's just run this play. And it, it reminds me of, like, and this is bad to even think of it as a comparison, but I don't know what else to compare it to. It reminds me of like when I was in high school football, I'm not going to go any more further there, but like the coaches would just be looking at the play call and be like, all right, let's try this play. Let's try this play. There's no reason to call the play other than like you want to work on it in practice, but it's when you compare the way the offense looks over the entire scope of a game to the way the offense looked when it was humming under Peyton and Breeze. And yeah, we all know that Breeze was, a big part of that now but it's just but at least the play calling was better it's it's almost like for me Peyton's games were just 
beautiful as an offensive play calling. They're thing. not was, so beautiful like, now. They're not Wilson. beautiful now, but but like comparing to what well, they weren't at the beginning of 06 either. Yeah, to be fair, but. It was like... Weren't one and five either, though. Put it this... Whoever was responsible, when our offense was humming, it was just like a beautiful game. It was like a magnum opus. It was like an epic novel. It was like when William Defoe is in the Boondock Saints and he goes to a crime scene and he hits the symphony and he's waving his arms around and he's and he's solving the crime and he's pointing his fingers where the where the gunman was and which way the bullets were. And at the end of it, it's this huge culmination and he wins. I mean, that was what it was like to experience the offense as a Saints fan. Now, it's like, you know, that that video of, of the school kids in line doing the dab, and then there's, like, the white kid at the end who just fails. You know, it's just, it's awful. But it, things but were we beautiful. we don't have Drew Brees, and now he's not, not coming through the door. But so, it, could, it could be better. Yeah, my biggest con- concern going into the game uh, was, you know, was this a flash in the pan just like the Raiders game last year? And that concern turned to reality because it was exactly the same thing where it was a total mirage, a one-week mirage, where we shut out an undermatched, pathetic team, which I don't know if they're going to win another game the way they're playing. I know they played a little bit tougher yesterday, but it, it's, it was a total mirage. So my worst fears came to fruition. <laughs> and it's, you but know, to go, well, hold on, to go back to, to Carmichael and play calling, you know, you always hear about how Carmichael was responsible for a lot of these, I guess, offensive concepts and all of that over the years. You know, he, he called plays during the Bounty Gate year and everything like that. But the reality is some people can be really good at designing plays, I guess, leading up to a game, but that doesn't make them good play callers during the game. Yep. So at this point, what's the harm and saying, let's see if Ronald Curry can just call plays. Like yeah. Pete can serve him up with, hey, this will be the game plan we're looking at going into the week. Go ahead and you make your 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 gut decisions on on what we should call at this point. Because Curry played quarterback in uh, in college. Yeah. You know, it's the top recruit in the country coming out. Played wide receiver to a high level in the few years he was in the NFL. Like, let's give somebody else yeah, a chance because what's going on <laughs> is obviously broken. Yeah, and if he's a coach on that level, look, he's got the headset in every game. He's hearing the plays come in. And if you know the playbook as well as a lot of these guys, these coaches, then you naturally have it in your head. Like what I think, again, speculation, but I would think he's got it in his head, like what play he would call. Um, if he cares, again, like because we know Carmichael, as proven before, he didn't want the job. Exactly. And, and so, exactly. but here was what one one thing he cares. Come on, that's ridiculous. I'm sure he cares, but one thing that did trouble me. He didn't want the job, though. That's a that's a fact. Maybe not. He cares. Yeah, not okay. That's harsh to say he doesn't care. He cares, but he probably didn't want the play caller job. But let me get back to this. Talking about him being the one to design the concepts, there was a couple of things that troubled me on our on our uh, bad run plays where we were getting tackled behind the line. It's almost to the point now where I wonder if like Carmichael was outthinking himself so much because. Uh, it, this is going to be really detailed and minutia, but when you're trying to get momentum, every yard counts. There were plays where we were getting tackled behind the line where we didn't even block the backside defensive end. Like, thought we could run a zone to the front side. And in that situation, if you're picturing the field and you're watching the team go right to left, you've got the left tackle, and let's say the, the plays run to the right and there's a tight end over there. Well, the left tackle blocks down, goes towards the right to try to you know catch the tackle, get to the second level. A lot of times you won't block the defensive end initially. You might just chip him with a fullback or with a tight end coming across the line. There were several plays where we just left the backside end completely unaccounted for. And sometimes it was Will Anderson. 
And he's too fast to not catch up with even Alvin Kamara in the backfield. And it was a one yard loss. And so I'm like, that that's not a good play design. Like, fuck a play call. That play is designed poorly because it wasn't like someone missed a the block. There was no one. Else. They deliberately left him unaccounted for thinking they could hit the front side hole first. And they didn't. That shit's concerning to me. So, that, I mean, maybe the problems continue. I think that's fair in the run game. <laughs> I, also, when you whiff block after block after block in the run game, I mean, it seems like there's a free guy every yeah. single play. Yeah, so it, even when we do put guys on guys, they 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 one up misses, up. and and it's it's like it's like we have this knack this year of each player taking a turn, making a huge mistake. You know, yeah. out the game, right? Take <laughs> it's some, literally take like, some on that on that. I guess you'd call it a corner route, whatever you want to call it. Uh, yeah, <clears throat> ball right in his hands, two hands on it. He lands with it and it pops out. Groupie, obviously. Uh, the and holdings the, on pinning. It's like we're yeah. taking turns right now, screwing ourselves. And he's not a contested catch guy. Shouldn't no, he, for he, sure not. Like, but still. Don't fuck up. Yeah. It's, a, it's a pretty, I would bet he would tell you nine out of ten no, it probably like the little, brings that down. The thing with the bingo balls, it's just they keep turning it around and you never know what, you know, oh, uh, Taysom Hill, T7, T7. Okay, your turn. Boy, also, that might have been... popped up a lot yesterday. <laughs> well, he got seven a lot of catches, catches, right? Yeah. Seven out of eight. He only missed the one but it's that he like, dropped. I mean, and it's it, the one contested one because he's not a tight. He's yeah. not a true tight end that's going to make that play 15, 20 yards on the field. Like, he's yeah. the guy that if you throw it to him and he hits him right in the breadbasket, nine times out of ten, he's going to make that catch. I if he has to sky and go over a DB and come down with I it. I would agree, but there wasn't, like, the contest wasn't, like, an arm between his arms or anything. No, I it know. Was, he should have was hitting it. the Look, ground. I have this, that, that's what cost him, hitting the ground. I have a crazy <laughs> idea on what we could have done in replace of that, like, because we clearly ran him on routes like he was a true tight end in those situations. I don't know. Have the real tight end run the routes, like Foster? There you go. You know, like, he Foster had a couple short middle passes. But put Foster on those routes, God damn it! Maybe, yeah. but like, most of them worked pretty well. So I mean, it's hard to complain when he catches seven of eight for. But the but he what, served the role. But right? what did he or do? Am I wrong? But he didn't. He really, served someone else's role. He didn't that do Taysom. Do you want Taysom with the ball in his hands or Foster? In in that situation, on, Foster because Taysom once he catches, he he's not he's not running and catching it going forward. Right. He turns but around. He's one broken has tackle to, away I from want destroying Taysom, a secondary. He has right? to focus so hard on catching it, he's not doing anything after the catch. Uh, yeah. Taysom I'm is a ball in his hands, look, Taysom is a custom player. He's a custom build player from Madden. So where do I want Taysom? Yes, I want Taysom with the ball in his hands. But where do I want him with the ball in his hands? Backfield. On Taysom designed routes. Yep. He's a he unique running, player for me for Saints fans. He was running, we always say more Taysom, more Taysom, more Taysom. But he doesn't make the play. It's like it's not Taysom's fault because no, we. Love I don't. I don't. Well, I don't. I think Corey was. I still blame him. I think Corey was making the same point. Like, I don't want Taysom running the 12, 15 yards down the field. Because for him, it's so unnatural for him to run these routes and catch the ball while it's still in motion that he's he's thinking too much to catch it, and he's not able to just run. If you give him the ball in the backfield, whether it's a QB or— Totally get how good he is in the backfield. I'm just saying, last last week he was targeted eight times. He caught seven for 49 yards. Like, that, we can't say that was bad offense. Uh, I think the whole game was bad offense, but yeah, the but whole I, game was bad. Offense. It's bad offense. It's the most to, yards we had all year. It's not bad offense. <laughs> they couldn't to score throw in the red zone. The again. red zone was horrible. Let me put it this That's all that matters. That's where points come from. In here. regards to Taysom, also helps if your kicker makes it. Well, I know we oh, need to. God, just, we need different. to jump on that. And Before I we make close sure we out, have time. I'll just finish with the Taysom thought. It's not bad offense to every here and there throw Taysom a traditional tight end route just to change things up. Agree. But when you're peppering him with nine fucking targets 
on I think they I'll go back and look. I haven't looked at the all twenty two like all the four like all the also, other the bloggers they on Twitter do now. But it was like it was like nine, five out of seven plays. Nine targets on tight end routes. That's not his forte. It's not. You have another really good tight end or just serviceable. Who? Foster. Foster. He had four he, catches. But, like he wasn't ignored. Like, but all the downfield routes that Taysom ran could have now could Foster run them as fast as Taysom? No. no. Can he make a contested catch better than Taysom? Yes. 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 So it's like, and this is what's frustrating, and this will bring it back to like things in, at the base oh, level. Real but, quick on your point. Does Foster run that route in the timing and make that catch? I'm just saying. Which with the one on the sideline that he yeah. dropped? I I'm think just, he runs it differently. I think he. It's slower too, right? I mean, and again, it's, it's on. Foster's not slow. He's not tasting bad, but it's also on. Slow. It's also on car to throw the ball according to how fast your receiver's running. And, and either way, it's a it's a I don't mismatch. think he beats the guy. I trust he Foster it, to make that play yeah. before I trust Taysom to make but that it, play. But Taysom didn't beat the guy because the guy was right on him. Yeah, it was right a contested catch. So like, if, it's a if, back show. It was perfect. It was perfect. Who play. do you want on a? Play. You want Taysom with the ball in space more <laughs> than Foster. Obviously. If you can get it, who do you want on a back shoulder, Taysom or Foster? Foster. Probably neither. If well, you have to pick. in the situation where you have to pick Foster. If I think Foster could win that route, that particular route, just because you it's downfield. Uh, hold on, hold that's on. That's not Foster. You don't get to put conditions on it. I am, because it's you, a downfield yeah. route. I don't think you run that particular route with Foster, is what I'm saying. I agree with you 100%. So maybe it was Kasem a Mike. has never shown Maybe it was a Mike Thomas that. route. I don't know. He, with Breeze, he caught a well, few he, touchdowns that, on that's, that route. That's, <laughs> well, look, we, could, we could dissect this all day, but let me bring it back, because this is why we're so pissed about the offense. It's because... We know, I think we know, or we believe what it could be. We see the ta- we've seen the talent individually from these guys. Maybe it wasn't recently, or maybe it was in the Patriots game. Maybe it was in the Titans game on certain flash plays. Maybe it was last year. But this is why we're so pissed because we know on an individual basis what all these players can do. And for me, my final thought on the offense, and I'll kick it to you, Max. It's like it's the reason that I think yes is da gonna is da gonna win a championship no but we have to look at carmichael first this year you just have to do it i mean screw draft pick screw draft position just get the team competitive so we as fans have something to watch because what we're watching this ain't it and so for me the offense it's like here's why it's, it's frustrating for us it's like we just went out and bought the car we wanted we've been wanting it's a super nice car and we've been driving it down the road for not even that long. And it's got great bells and whistles. When we want it to go fast, it goes fast. But all of a sudden, the transmission has gone out. The Saints offense needs a new transmission. They've got the specs, everything around it. You know, it's what's under the hood that's fucked up. And, and so, you know, it's got great tires. It's got great luxury items. It's got, it's, it can go fast. It's designed well. But it's it just it, it's not working. It's just it's broken. I, I agree with everything you said up until the analogy. I understand what you <laughs> where you were going with the analogy. We need a new I transmission. Think, I think it came it came out a little a little more disjointed, like the Saints' offense. Maybe it did. I'm, I'm, verbose, I'm, maybe. Yeah, I, I, I get where you were going with it, and I agree with me, every point me, you made. Me being verbose, no way, no way. But, no, but uh, it's just no. It's it's fucked up under the hood. It just needs it needs work. It, needs it is, but I would have said something like, you know, instead of driving it on well, the how, interstate you, where you can yours. go 80, 80 miles an hour. Yeah. These guys took it through Lakeview, and they're just going over every single pothole you could possibly go through, and that's causing the transmission. You see, so to go that out. analogy, I would think, would be 
if we went up against a really good defense. The defense is the potholes. In my analogy, we're shooting ourselves in the foot. Every defense to us looks like the Lakeview streets to a nice car right but now. That's because our transmission's fucked, Max. Well, I think it's more like we're not <laughs> we're, we're putting sugar in the uh, gas tank as yes, opposed to actual yes. gasoline. That, it would be it, a better way to say Because we're doing it to ourselves. We're doing it to ourselves. That's what I mean. The transmission like, going out, I mean... It's it, like we're on a smooth road and we can't, we can't right, go. Right, right. Now, it, the, tr- the transmission going out in your car, I mean, that's dumb luck most of the time, you know, especially on a new car. I think okay, the better thing okay. is we're putting sugar in the gas tank instead of gasoline. So but that's neither here okay, nor no, there. I like it. I'm glad you, we had to clarify it. I think... You know, we've talked enough about the offense. It, it's become a, a weekly thing at this point. I do yep. know that Nick has lots of thoughts and wants to make sure that we talk about the special teams. Yeah. So with that, let's go ahead and give him the floor and uh, let him let him go on his rant. We talked a, we talked a bunch about this. I think Corey brought up the interview where they discussed net and how important net punting is. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember that, that, remember that, that was like getting when they when they decided to go with Headley. That's what right, they, and the, that was their whole argument. Darren well, Rizzi. we're six games in. He's twenty fifth in the league in net. <laughs> he's thirty one in punting. Hmm. So there's a case to be made. Big screw up there. Well, that's why we're not winning. It's not the only reason, but all <laughs> no, these sucks. things matter. You can't forget. All it, all, it all adds it's up. It's been together. a complete. Well, we've said it on text. It's been an utter complete team failure. Then we move to the Lutz groupie debate. Right. We. We all laughed at Lutz missing the extra point in the game. They end up losing by a point. First game of the season. We loved it. Like, we got a pick out of that. All that. I'm not going to apologize for laughing in week one. <laughs> Me neither. I, I'm all for it. It was nice while it lasted. I love Lutz. I hope he fails miserably. <laughs> he's not <laughs> yeah, a saint. Well, yeah. He's I don't not have a saint. Again. But I he mean, hasn't missed another extra point, and he's missed one field goal all year. He's been great. 11 to 12. He's eight of nine right now. On they field just goals. they just haven't been close. Eight enough. of nine. Sorry, eleven to twelve well, on PATs. It's the only yeah. it's the only game he missed a kick in. I think he missed a field goal and a PAT in the first game. He hadn't missed since. Groupie is second in the league and missed field goals with three. Only three kickers have missed three field goals or more. Hmm. Um, so and his misses. I know we joked about this. I called him the Kirk Cousins of kickers because he was so great until well, it was a big kick and then yeah. he choked it. Key moments. When I do he think choked he, the Packers kick. I think he did us a favor on that one. He knew. That if he made it, they were going to come back. That's right. <laughs> he didn't want to. He saved though. us from a game losing field goal. Okay, yeah. fair enough. He he had the foresight to but do no, that. It'd be us. nice if you'd have made it. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And then this week, you know, those two kicks changed this game so much. And I'm not blaming him for the loss at all. We've yeah, got to yeah. score touchdowns. Yeah, I'm Boy, just saying the game is completely different if he makes those kicks. Yeah, and. At what point do we start looking at options? Three kicks, small sample size. I get it. He's what? What was he? Uh, Eleven of fourteen or something on the yeah, year. Yeah, he's missed three kicks. So not not obviously one of the lower percentages in the leagues. Also, but not a terrible percentage. Yeah, I think I heard so, he was at like eighty, which is typically about average. Right. You know, so he, he was he was at a great percentage until this week. And context needs to be added to one of the misses because it was what twenty nine yards. No Which, one's missed a kick that short. This yeah, that, year. exactly. And I said on TV, and once without it being blocked like, oh, or something, God. you so, can't miss a twenty-nine yard field goal. Dubious. It's shorter than an extra point. You can't miss. It's it. like a it's a it's like a shank in golf. A lot of kickers compare it to to like golfing technique. It's like it's like a met, total mental lapse. You know, you just fucking shanked it. I saw a drunk kid on college game day crush a thirty-yard <laughs> kick. So <laughs> he I, did. You know, I'm That's a little true. upset that a pro- it was his second try. It was his second try. They probably try. gave him a certain percentage, like what thirty, fifty thousand bucks, like a percentage of groupie salary. Yeah. So. But my personal opinion is groupie heavily influenced two games where I feel like our team was the better team, and we lost both those games. 
It's were we were we light years better? No. Was the offense great? No, they weren't. We were the better team when you watched the game. We were better than Houston. There's no one who watched that game with like well, with unbiased eyes, not being a Saints fan who knows how bad our offense is. Just I'm mean, like, wow, the Saints should probably just score one of these and win this game. That's what you're thinking the whole time. Jeff Nowak put it out there. We had five drives down by seven points that started. No, we had five drives, period, down by seven. Five opportunities down by seven points. Scored zero points. Yep. Right, but drove down two score every time. Missed field goals, holding yeah, penalties. Just, I mean, look, I'm not talking about the execution at the end. I'm just talking yeah. about if you're just watching the football. Oh, yeah, no, I'm with you. I'm you with see you. what I'm saying? And and you're watching us go up and down the field, and you're watching Houston three and out, three and out, three and out. And we were the better team. We are the better team. We, we were the better team in the executed. second half. We were not the better team in the first half. It was a close. They, that game was that they, was an evenly well, matched. The game. same but people you, I, would, I, would look at the first half and say whether or not Houston is is overall a better team. They certainly outplayed us. Houston in the first tried half. to give us the game in the second half, and granted, our defense forced them to try to give us the game. Our in defense the was half. like doing. They were lights out in the second half. They were but not. But even with that, what the defense did is under three hundred yards. Hold the rookie quarterback to under fifty percent completion. Pick him off. Fumble it. Complete. We didn't even talk about that. That's a terrible play on Bond's part. We we oh, beat, God. we trick him with coverage. We get the pick. We're in their territory. Instead, they get they gain yardage and come back the other way and score almost yeah. right away. I just Nico thought- Collins had two really big catches. One on Lattimore. Good for him. Great catches. Great plays. Not taking anything away from him. But you held him to 199 yards for Stroud on 13 to 27, and yeah. the rushing yards was under four yards a carry. Our offense outgained them by 130 plus yards. Yeah, we need to start executing. When you look at it objectively, call it coaching, like, call yeah. it players, call it whatever you want. It's you everything. need to finish drives. It needs and, to be a complete a complete game, and you know you can't you can't be having dumb dumb turnovers like Bond. Like that was a killer. It was like I'm just thinking of it now. It was like when when you when you get the star and Mario and you start going like a million miles an hour and you're like, oh, here we go, here we go, here we go. And it's like, what do you think is going to happen when you're running like an idiot? Yeah. You know, you just. Or you're like, second and six. How many holding calls are we now in second and 16? I said it. It or, just or, happened drive uh, after drive after drive. Pre-game. Yeah, but it also ha- happens every week. That's why we're one of the leaders in penalties yet again. Yeah. Well, I said it after the How Titans. How many are offensive line? That's what I want to say. Our Titans okay. recap. I mentioned the portion. thing that I liked out of the Titans game, even though we played poorly at times and were disjointed at times, at least the good plays we made were timely plays timeliness when you execute is just as important as executing in general and we have like when it's time to actually execute time to go make a play time to not we haven't made it the last few weeks we've fair enough you know they're they're killers they're killers now we are three and three okay we're a third of the way through the season at this point we've already played half our road games through six games half our road games are done there's a lot of right we've already played four road games the, like the season, like this this message of the season's loss or anything is no, crazy. That, yeah. No, no, it's crazy. I, we need to get better immediately. I anyone who's saying the season's lost has not paid attention to Saints football in the last ten years because the reality yeah. is this division. We're all at three wins right now. Yeah, the modern day except NFC for the South. Panthers. Yeah. Well, especially the NFC South. It's the modern day NFC South. It's yeah. the same as it was last year. No one is going to run away with the nope. division. This division will be in play until the last week of the season when we play the Falcons, and I'm sure the Bucks play the Panthers. Last three weeks at a minimum. At a minimum. So yeah. it's gonna be a now. Stress. Yeah. The stress upside of that is yes. the upside of that is we're going to be involved until the very end because the wheel the defense is too good for the wheels to fall off on this team. 
even if the offense continues to shit the bed the entire rest of the season. But the reality is, this is going to play in DA's favor because he's going to be right behind whoever's leading the division or will be leading the division going into the playoffs. And he's going to have a better than uh, average chance of winning the division come January. I just hope, I just want to have nice holidays. I just you want know, to be entertained. I just want to have That's a, it. I just want to be entertained. Or we're spoiled. You though. know, <laughs> I just want to have a good December. You know, like a good. Uh, you know, got a wedding coming up. I'm gonna do, be doing a honeymoon and stuff. Like I don't want to be stressed out about. Uh, I just whether we're gonna beat the Panthers or the Falcons. And I know there's a lot of people that are like, dude, you can't let that affect you. But I mean, look, I'll be very happy when I'm getting, like my wedding day. I'll be fine. Don't get me wrong. If we're on a honeymoon, I'll be fine. But if I look down and I see. If I'm like I'm, you know, on another continent or something, and I see like, uh, you know, we threw four verticals on fourth down, I'll be, I'll still be pretty pissed. But maybe we either get some comfort or we're down by so much, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I just want to be entertained. Just don't, don't have me watch this bullshit, disjointed offense yeah. that we've watched for the last couple of weeks. And I want to add one thing about the special teams. I agree completely with everything you said. Um, we need to start looking for replacements for these two now. You know, uh, Headley's a 30-year-old rookie anyway, so it's not like he's here for the long haul. Um, You've got – now, look, kickers, people who draft kickers in the second and third round have had a rough go of it recently. Um, There is the former LSU kicker, and I'm not one of these – I'm not an LSU fan to begin with. Yeah, that's fair. But that kicker at LSU was fucking amazing. And he had a 60-yarder in Cleveland, right? Didn't he? I believe so. Seemed Uh, pretty clutch, yeah. At least bring him in and scare Groupie. And, and, yeah, you know, bring him to the active roster, have him kick kickoffs, do something. Just shake it up because the the kicking has been bad, period. Yeah. Yeah, and and for those who don't know, we're talking about Cade York. Uh, He was a fourth-round pick in 2022. He is now on the Titans practice squad. And, again, I'm not an LSU fan. I'm not an LSU homer. But there are plenty of those in the state, and I'm surprised that we haven't heard more clamoring for him yet. Uh, my solution for the punter situation is the punt god, Matt Areza. You know, he's the one who had the legal issues his rookie year. Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, the rape third round pick was he? What was yeah, he? and he the, the best punter prospect anyone ever. S- yeah, probably ever. Since uh, we drafted one in the first round, <laughs> yeah, Russell Erickslaven. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, has been cleared of all the charges. You know, and it's looking like everything was just one of those situations where the uh, there, were, there were lies going around. Whatever, not getting into it. All I want to <laughs> say is he was, <laughs> he's apparently cleared of the uh, charges. And if he is, in fact, cleared, and it seems like teams are starting to sniff around him, go give him a chance. This dude flips the Immediately. field. Immediately. Immediately give that guy a chance. Just do something, though. Just We cannot watch Headley. Headley's, Headley's just been bad. Now, Groupie, Groupie's been fine for the most part, but like to Nick's point about the Kirk Cousins of kickers, the clutch situation's not good so far. So kickers are a fickle bunch. You know, they get mentally, they, they, they get uh, out of their zone pretty quickly, and that's why they bounce around from team to team for the most part. I don't know. I think at this point, you know, you have to go ahead and have a contingency plan for those two. But I know we've gone on for a little bit. Why don't we go ahead and recap the predictions from last week? Yep. Um, I'll bring him up real quick. Adam. So, Just uh, don't, I don't think. Yeah, we were, <laughs> we're all, all wrong. We were all wrong. We're all wrong. I was the wrongest. Uh, <laughs> thir- we did not win 31-13. We did not. Well, we all predicted Mike, wins. So Mike Thomas did not have, the board. was not the MVP. Mike Thomas played okay. I mean, who was the MVP? Um, Let's go there real quick. Who was the MVP? Uh, of the whole game, you got to go with Granderson. No, uh, no
Who's the MVP of all? Wasn't one. I mean, if you go off of the Carr being nominated for just FedEx Player of the Caesar Week, Caesar Ruiz by virtue I, of he playing wasn't. every no, position I'm on the field. I'm saying Carr because Ruiz was awful though. Uh, not when he got switched to tackle when he was playing guard. He this, got beat up a couple of times. This was not a great. I'm not saying it was a great game by Carr and the team failed him or anything like that. But I saw that we had a team that could move the ball for the first time. The Between, red zone was terrible, yeah. and a lot of that's on him. The offensive line's a big part of that too. But when you go, you know, seventy percent for three fifty and a touchdown. The, so the you're pick, saying you're saying Carr of an offensive. If I have to pick one, yes, I'm saying Carr. I'm going to say nobody. I, I, I don't want to give it to Carr Can't because do I don't think he was good, and I don't think any he was better than everybody else. So I guess by default, if I have to pick one, I guess you almost have to say Carr because there's literally no other candidate. But I'm not giving anyone offensive MVP. I think it's a total wash. Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't think Lynn Bowden made any mistakes. Um, <laughs> I mean, Kamara had 100 you know, total yards. I'll give it to Kamara first if I have to give it to somebody. Yeah, Kamara ran well. And Alave had well. 96, and Shahid had 85 with a touchdown. I would like, Those are your guys. You know, I wanted to give it to, to MT. I almost want to give it to MT because he actually was given a slant. Remember when it happened yeah, in the but game? That's I was not, like, There's he, a slant. he wasn't the MVP. It's a... Shahid making the, the great contested catch on that long car yeah, play, which got that. us going. And I thought, okay, here comes the comeback. That was an amazing play by Shahid, and that flipped the momentum momentarily. Till we missed the field. Till we missed the field. So I, I would say Shahid, but then he ran that bad route, that right. terrible route, which should have been a touchdown. Right. Look, I'm going to say nobody, but I'm not giving it to Carr. Shahid, Kamara, one of those two. Foster. <laughs> well. He didn't have a drop, right? I mean, I guess if you go by performance, you got to. He go was four for four on targets okay. and catches, thirty-three yards. Foster gets my vote. No drop, didn't fuck. So up. no one, no one hit the score. No one hit offensive MVP. So defensive MVP. I know I whiffed. I said Lattimore, and he he did not earn MVP this week. Granderson obviously is the uh, slam dunk defensive MVP for the game, and none of us picked him. Correct. Nobody. Uh, I, I don't, I don't. I had Alante and Honey Badger with a pick. Max had Lattimore with two ints, and Corey went with his dude, Marcus May. Um, he was. He didn't make third in tackles. He was fourth. No, he had four tackles. He 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 had one bad play. I saw, but he wasn't. He wasn't a problem. Yeah. But well, the, the MVP's Granderson. We all know that. Yeah. Until next week, so and, we all whiffed. Um, before we close out, I want to give a shout out to uh, my guy. Ross Boudreaux, who, uh, as we've been recording this, sent me a picture of him and his brand new 28-3 podcast t-shirt. So here's a plug for our merch, uh, shop.28to3podcast.com. If you're still listening, then you're a loyal listener, and this shirt will prove it. Uh, but that's going to wrap it up uh, for our... Uh, recap. Recap. So, till next time, thanks for listening to the 28-3 to podcast. What a comeback!